Hello everyone, Justin Vakula here with another episode in my Stoic Philosophy series. Today's episode deals with the topic of desolation. Visit my website at justinvakula.com where you can find links to my social portals including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and see past Stoic Philosophy content on YouTube, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. My Stoic Philosophy series explores the tradition of Stoicism with goals to inform, empower, and help others benefit from practical wisdom of ancient Greek, Roman, and modern thinkers, including Epictetus, Marcus Aurelius, and Seneca. For the Stoics, a main focus is pursuing virtue to attain a well-examined life through practical applications of philosophy, acting with good character, using reason to form accurate, careful judgments about the world, and achieving contentment. Stoic writers focus on many perennial human concerns and urge people to take action applying what they learn to everyday life. Self-improvement is central to Stoic thought, strengthening and improving one's mindset. The topic of desolation I'm discussing today comes following previous episodes I released on the topics of suicide and friendship. I spoke of the benefits of friendships, models of friendships worth wanting, and reasons why we can find the will to live in a world filled with suffering. Speaking of reasons why, I also finished watching the Netflix series 13 Reasons Why, in which a character commits suicide partially because of her desolation. She lacked genuine, worthwhile, important connections with others and lost hope in living. Outside this fictional series, people struggling with depression, suicidal thoughts, and other mental health challenges may feel desolate and can better cope if they were able to rid themselves of their desolate feelings and be more socially engaged. I'll discuss what desolation means, talk about a form of self-reliance worth wanting, explain reasons why we want help from others, talk of benefits of good relationship with others, explain the drawbacks of desolation, and argue for courageousness in taking risks to meet and trust other people. In today's age, much different than ancient Greece and Rome, we're connected in many ways with others through social networks, public places, jobs, and other mediums. But how many of these connections are strong? Might acquaintances transform into trusted friends? Are social circles extending beyond like buttons and uploading photos of our experiences? Perhaps we shouldn't use the word friend so loosely and really consider the quality of our relationships with others, work to maintain our close connections, and even work to form strong connections. There are many benefits of quality social interaction, even if it comes with some risks and setbacks. Surely not everyone can or will be a good friend we can trust, but some we can carefully select might. For an introduction to the topic of desolation, I'd like to visit Book 3, Chapter 13 of Epictetus' Discourses titled What Desolation Means and the Nature of a Person Who is Desolate. Epictetus provides a definition of desolation. He says, Desolation is the condition of a person who is bereft of help. For a man is not desolate simply because he is alone any more than a man in a crowd is secure from desolation. For it is not the sight of a man that removes our desolation, but of a man who can be trusted, a man of honor and a helpful companion. Here, we see that desolation deals with the lack of an important connectedness with others. Just being in someone's presence is not enough. But instead, Epictetus seeks more for social interaction to remove oneself from the state of desolation into a state of belonging, being understood, and being able to rely on others for support. Along with other Stoic writers, Epictetus sees humans as social beings. He says in the same chapter, human beings are social by nature. We yearn on Epictetus's view and the view of modern thinkers to form connections with others and can benefit from these interactions in being able to share experiences with others, confiding, talking through our concerns, finding opportunities for growth, having fun, and learning something new. We should not, though, absolutely depend on others for contentment, Stoic writers warn, that if we are to be propped up by someone else and not able to stand on our own, what shall happen when that someone else is not available for whatever reason, perhaps because of change in life circumstances, death, or other reasons? Epictetus notes, 
We ought to be capable of being self-sufficient and bearing our own company, to talk with ourselves and not to need others, nor be at a loss for some way to occupy ourselves. A balance, then, moderation, seems to be the proper response, a happy medium between desolation and absolute reliance on others. We can enjoy the company of others and rely on them to a healthy extent, having our own space, peace of mind, and being able to cope and enjoy life, seeing others as an added bonus, rather than being crushed and without direction should others not be with us. We can count on others for guidance, feedback, and trust, but also have a life of our own, rather than being so enmeshed and reliant on someone else that we have no sense of self or identity. Epictetus talks about a ruler, Caesar, who provides his people with freedom of travel and a time without war, but he can't protect people from everything. He says, But can Caesar procure us peace from fever too? From shipwreck? From fire? From earthquake? From lightning? Nay, even from love? He cannot. From grief? From envy? No, not from any of these. The message here is that self-reliance, although we can be helped from others, is important, for we should work to become more responsible for our own lives, our contentment, and take action to improve our quality of lives rather than absolutely relying on others. Seneca, in his letters to his friend Lucilius, talks about self-sufficiency and human social nature in his letter titled On Philosophy and Friendship. He writes, The wise man is self-sufficient. Nevertheless, he desires friends, neighbors, and associates, no matter how much he is sufficient unto himself. In his letter On Worldliness and Retirement, Seneca repeats the theme of humans being social beings and urges them to be part of society rather than withdrawing from it, even in retirement. He writes, I shall not go so far as to expect you to condemn all men as mad, and then seek out for yourself a hiding place in oblivion. Here, we see it a sense of desolation, having no one who can help us, and in solitude is not desirable. Perhaps following some bad experiences with others, we have accumulated anxiety and may seek to withdraw. Maybe we lack the capacity to trust others, unwilling to give people a chance, pushing others away even if they have good intentions, as was the case in the 13 Reasons Why series. Forcing oneself into desolation, though, comes with great cost, especially if we are lacking the capacity to cope with the struggles of life. Perhaps we can be very careful in who we select as trusted companions and keep a small social circle of trusted individuals, rather than, as Seneca says, finding a hiding place and oblivion. Here's more from Seneca on taking risks in establishing and maintaining social connections with others. He recognizes that we will meet people lacking good character, but this should not lead us to seclusion or to remain desolate. He writes in his letter titled On Benefits, In order to discover one grateful person, it is worthwhile to make trial of many ungrateful ones. For when the outcome of any undertaking is unsure, you must try again and again in order to succeed ultimately. Seneca warns us not to succumb to despair and drown in anxiety in his letter titled On Despising Death. Seneca encourages a spirit of courageousness in facing fears, to bear hardships nobly and saying, All is well with the commander even if inevitable external circumstances make life difficult for us to handle. He writes, I now warn you not to drown your soul in these petty anxieties of yours. If you do, the soul will be dulled and will have too little vigor left when the time comes for it to arise. The cure for anxiety and a way to achieve more contentment, as you might have guessed, is through self-reflection and the study of philosophy, to better understand ourselves, cope with suffering, and live a fulfilled life. Should we not seek to improve ourselves and drown our souls, as Seneca puts it, our situation can get progressively worse, and we can miss out on the good which life has to bring, even if we might not realize there is hope. We can work to overcome social anxiety and be more open with others, seek and maintain good social connections, and start to trust others more rather than suffering a self-imposed style of anxiety as the Stoics would see it. 
Seneca quotes Epicurus in the same letter, who says, It is absurd to run towards death because you are tired of life when it is your manner of life that has made you run toward death. There's a capacity for hope and self-empowerment in Stoicism that we can make changes in our lives through improving our mindset rather than resigning, thinking that nothing is in our control, that we lack the power to live a better life. We can work to combat feelings of desolation by taking action. Seneca urges us to take action in his letter titled On Reformation, in which he suggests we have, as he writes, someone whom you may look up to, you may regard as a witness of your thoughts. It is indeed nobler by far to live as you would live under the eyes of some good man, always at your side. Solitude prompts us to all kinds of evil. Here, we can see more benefits for social engagement and even in having a role model. Perhaps we can have more than just an idea of a role model, a close confidant who can be a witness we can interact with. Finally, Seneca lists upsides of social interaction with people he calls good men in his letter titled On Fellowship of Wise Men, which can help us understand the importance of relationships with others, hopefully providing a case against desolation, a state in which we wouldn't be able to gain benefits from others. He writes, Good men are mutually helpful, for each gives practice to the other's virtues, and thus maintains wisdom at its proper level. Each needs someone with whom he may make comparisons and investigations. Seneca also lists other benefits, including mutual joy, strength, new perspectives, knowledge, opportunity, love, advice, problem-solving, and the reduction of one's burdens. To combat feelings of desolation, we can, in thinking about the good that can come from relationships with others, choose to spend our time wisely in selecting good companions, seek to be part of society rather than secluding oneself, work on being more self-reliant while also accepting help from others, and engaging in our relationships, taking risks to meet and trust people. We can also work to gain more insight about ourselves, work to improve our quality of life, learn what the good life looks like, and strive for it through reflecting on the wisdom of others, namely Stoic philosophers, I would suggest. Maybe you can meet new people by visiting a local library, a group on a website like meetup.com, acquiring a new hobby, or even participating in an online community. Consider, too, evaluating who you may know at the moment, people you might not be close with but can work on strengthening relationships. You can start with family members, co-workers, and people you meet on a daily or weekly basis. You can work to remove yourself from a state of desolation and move toward a healthier future of being more connected with others and thus improving your quality of life. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for more content. Visit my website at justinvacula.com, where you can find links to my social portals, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and see past Stoic Philosophy content on YouTube, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Continue donating if you support my work and would like to see more, but this takes time, money, and effort to produce content. Have a great day.